isolated. Skirtle here. Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United, Anthony Martial! Here comes Sanchez. Pogba trying to get in again. He's in again. He scores again! What a comeback by Manchester United. Driven by Paul Pogba. Breaks here for Bruno Fernandes. Oh, what a strike! What an unbelievable hit from Bruno Fernandes. Shaw. Into Ronaldo! Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League again for Manchester United. Get on me, get clapped and lose your legs. I walk around, gun on my waist. Chip on my shoulder, top, bust a clip in your face. Post to this beef ain't no Many men, many, 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 many men Wish death upon me, Lord, I don't cry no more Don't look to the sky no more Have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul Somewhere my heart turned cold Have mercy on many men Many, 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 many men Wish death upon me days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain Death gotta be easy, cause life is hard. It'll leave you physically, mentally, and emotionally scarred. This is for my niggas on the block. What's good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Le Carrington Podcast. Joining me today is the one and only Talk Sports Transfer Guru, Alex Crook. Alex, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I like the one and only. Thank you for the big build up. Yeah, because you know what? I know we like to get our European football experts, but when it comes to transfers, I do normally get you on the show. So I'm calling you the one and only transfer guru right here. Um, <laughs> Alex, you're a Man United fan, obviously, for people that listen to the big room and other stuff that you're on. But um, <laughs> one thing I wanted just drop to... The mic. Uh, yeah, just drop the mic, but don't worry. There's nothing wrong with that. One thing I wanted to get on um, is... First, we'll talk about Ten Hag. I know he started his first... Um, week as pre-season is there anything you've seen that there's any difference i know there's some um people saying that he's taken charge of training and the players like that but what have you taken from ten Hag's first week in charge yeah i think that's the i think that's a big thing to be honest i think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when he was there uh almost went down the, the sir alex ferguson model because obviously fergie didn't have a particularly hands-on role uh in day-to-day training i think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer tried to do the same i'm just not sure that works in uh, the modern game. I think players are a lot more demanding of their coaches and managers. They want a lot more information now in terms of uh, slideshows, etc. And I think Ten Hag has impressed the players with the fact that he's the first one at the training ground, last one to leave. That's their Sir Alex Ferguson uh, in itself. And as you say, he's been taking the training sessions. There seems to be an air of discipline and organisation that maybe has been lacking at Old Trafford for some time now. And so... As preseason starting, is there any players you're looking forward to that you want to see improve under Ten Hag? We know he's got a knack for improving players. Is there any particular players you're looking forward to to improve? Just about them all, to be honest. There aren't many players who, who, who haven't got room for improvement, maybe with the exception of David De Gea, although perhaps he could be better with the ball at his feet as well. So maybe that's something that Ten Hag uh, will work upon. I think the big two for me are Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho, the two English youngsters, uh, if you like, Rashford completely lost his way last season, which was sad to see because uh, I've been a big advocate of Marcus Rashford since he came into the team. He's my uh, oldest boy's favourite player. He's got his uh, picture of his screenshot on WhatsApp and I have to keep explaining to him uh, why Marcus Rashford doesn't get picked by England uh, because his loss of form was really troubling, actually. And I think there is a player there. I think on his days, exciting. He runs at players. He, he takes people on. He can shoot from all angles. We just didn't see that at all. 
um, last season. I'm told uh, that in the new setup, if they get Anthony, uh, the wide player that Ten Hag wants to follow him from Amsterdam, then Rashford may well be used through the middle, almost as a backup option to Cristiano Ronaldo. So I'm excited to see how that works. And Jaden Sancho, a player who arrived with big fanfare, speaking to German experts like our own Kevin Hatchard and Toby Gillis, they wax lyrical about how good Jaden Sancho was in the Bundesliga. Again, we only really saw that in snatches. So I think he's still to justify the, the 70 odd million pound price tag. And I think they're the two players that Ten Hag will put his arm around and, and try and coax the best out of. And I actually think Harry Maguire will improve under Ten Hag as well because he's going to benefit from that organisation, uh, maybe from having a, a proper defensive midfielder in front of him because Harry Maguire isn't as bad as we saw last season. His confidence looks shot to bits. Again, I think Ten Hag will put a lot of focus on trying to get him back to his best. And as you said, we might see Anthony um, going to Man United. I want to talk some transfers now, your expertise. Is there, first of all, if there's a couple positions, I feel like we need to improve the whole pit, our whole starting 11, to be fair. But if there's certain um, positions that you want to improve straight away, what would it be for Man United? I think that that defensive midfielder, um, United are probably the only big club in, in, certainly the only big club in the Premier League, maybe in Europe, who don't have that that world-class defensive midfielder. I've been advocating Declan Rice as, as a man who would solve a lot of Manchester United's problems for some time. Now, that isn't going to happen uh, this window. The asking price that, that West Ham would want is just too big. Uh, it would basically blow the Manchester United budget. I'm, I'm keen to see what happens with Declan Rice next summer because I probably think he has, he has only got one more year um, at West Ham. I think Ten Hag is putting a lot of emphasis in the midfield area in general. We know that Frankie de Jong is going to sign up. I'm a hat on that for a couple of weeks. It will happen. United fans, be patient. Uh, Christian Eriksen, I was told last night, is, is leaning towards a move to Manchester United, but I'll only truly believe that uh, when he's holding up the shirt and having signed on the dotted line. Yuri Tillemans is an interesting one as well because we expected him to go to Arsenal uh, fairly quickly after the season finished. The, the longer that drags on, the more you think that won't happen. I know Ten Hag is an admirer. I've, I've written about that uh, in my transfer notebook that was published on the TalkSport website on Friday. So keep an eye on him. I mean, he isn't necessarily that, that Declan Rice type character, but he can play in that deeper lying midfield role. He can get forward and get goals as well. I think he would be a tremendous addition. Okay. So, because I'm not particularly a fan of Christian Eriksen. As a Man United fan, I feel like I feel like he's a good player. But I said on the last podcast, it's just not what we need at the moment. I feel like I need to see that world-class defensive mid. Or if we play Frankie and pivot, I need to see a more defensive person next to Frankie. But I see that we're linked with Lissandro Martinez. Is there any news with that? I know that Arsenal were linked with him. Is it going to be the same way of how we've done the Tyrell Malassia deal where we just snatch it in the last moment? I think it could well be. Um, what, what's interesting there is, um, and, and this probably shows the, the change of emphasis, the way that United are doing their business. They haven't made a bid yet. Uh, they may well do um, over the course of the coming weekend. That's certainly what um, sources in Holland are telling me anyway. But they've asked to be kept informed, as they were uh, with Malasia. And obviously, they got to the situation there where he was on his way to Leon. They've snuck in at the last hour to hijack that. That's a proper way of doing business. That's how the top operating clubs in Europe do their business. Liverpool did it um, in January uh, with Diaz. They did it again in the summer with Darwin Nunez. As soon as Manchester United opened talks with him, they snuck in and got the deal done. So, yeah, I think that is a distinct possibility. The player wants to move to the Premier League and you have to believe, uh, and from what I'm told, that his relationship with Ten Hag favours Manchester United over Arsenal. 
and the benefit of having him, I believe he can play as a, a central defender, but he can also play in that defensive midfield role if need be. So he brings a bit of versatility to the squad. Mm. So could you say that the fact that we've done it with the Manassia um, deal and we're trying to do it with Sandro Martinez, I know Edward was gone and now uh, Matt Judge is in charge of the transfers and stuff like that. Is there now that kind of big club mentality or is it too too soon to call? I think it's too yeah. soon to call. Uh, the, the the window is, is is still got a long way to run. We've got two more months, unbelievably, because it seems that so much has happened, not just in terms of United bidding for players, but in terms of their rivals all strengthening. It's, it's going to be a massive summer for those at the top end of the Premier League. I think the likes of Chelsea and, and Tottenham and Arsenal are aware that Liverpool and Manchester United are so far forward of them that they simply have to do business to try and bridge what is not so much a gap, but a chasm between the top two. Uh, and the rest. And it's the same for Manchester United. But I am encouraged with the way they're doing their business. I know there have been one or two leaks in the media um, with names that they're trying to sign. But I think there's a few players on their list that we don't even know about yet. Obviously, that hasn't always been the case. They've uh, done a lot of their business uh, in the public domain. They they do seem to be operating like a a proper football club at last. And also, I believe that Ten Hag is is leading the role in terms of negotiations. They, they, They have a list of targets that he wants. It's no coincidence that most on those lists, barring Tillemans um, and Ericsson, although he did train with Ajax last summer, are players that Ten Hag has either worked with or has come up against in the Dutch league. Now, uh, some players, some pundits on TalkSport have criticised that. I think it makes a lot of sense because it's a, it's, a, it's a short summer because the season is starting earlier because of the World Cup. Ten Hag has a philosophy. He wants to change the entire playing style. So surely if you want to do that, you're better off signing players that you know will buy into it. They are capable of playing in your system because they've done it before. I would draw parallels to what Arsene Wenger did when he first came in at Arsenal. Everybody scoffed because he was utilising the French League. That didn't work out too badly. Mm. So, as you said, there might be some names that we're not uh, sure of yet. Do you think that's more of the attacking sense? Like, I know the only attacker we're linked to is Anthony, but apparently Ajax is asking prices too high. Or would it be more the defensive side or like a centre-back or full-back? Where would you see these new names that we don't know yet? We haven't heard about too many right-backs um, being mentioned as yet. Um, and I know that Aaron Wambasaka is a player that maybe United are willing to part company with. Although, again, in the notebook uh, feature that I spoke about earlier, I've done a piece in there suggesting that Wambasaka is, is really fighting hard for his Manchester United future. And he will be given the opportunity uh, during pre-season to prove that he can uh, adapt and play the way that Ten Hag wants him to. But I'd imagine there'll be a right-back on the list. Uh, and there will be a, a number of forwards because, as you say, Anthony is proving... Uh, quite expensive. He is the, the top target, no question about that. He operates on the, the right-hand side of that front three, hence the fact I've spoken about Rashford coming inside. You've got Jaden Sancho who wants to play off the left, so that just seems a, a nice fit, but ultimately are Ajax going to sell both uh, Martinez and Anthony this summer, having already sold Sebastian Allaire to Borussia Dortmund? That would seem a little bit fanciful, maybe. I was thinking that as well. I, I, I doubt that Ten Hag is going to try. I know everyone says that he wants to go for the Dutch league. I try doubt that he's gonna go to Ajax and like raid all the players wasn't there like a gentleman's agreement of some sort that he can't go and raid all of the players and stuff like that so no such thing as a gentleman's agreement in football. <laughs> yeah true in football as we've learned with Harry Kane there's no such thing as a gentleman's agreement um so going into the season now let's say if Man United sign the amount of players where do you see the expectations because I'm looking at the way Tottenham Chelsea, Arsenal are starting to improve and I really don't see Man United making the top four. I'm very optimistic. But I don't really see us making the top four. Do you feel like the Europa League is the best chance to get Champions League football again next season? 
Probably, although history tells us that's not an easy competition to win. They did it under Jose Mourinho, but a lot of English clubs have, have tried and failed to win that competition since. Um, I think expectation, certainly in the Premier League era, has never been lower for Manchester United because I think they reached somewhat of an idea last season. I don't think they can get any worse and they still finished in the top six, which probably doesn't say too much for the likes of uh, West Ham and Wolves who were competing with them uh, for that last Europa League spot. I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. I think Manchester United will do better than people expect because there is no expectation. I'm not saying they're going to challenge Manchester City and Liverpool for the title. I think Chelsea are going for a a transitional phase. They've lost some uh, real key figures in the dressing room, the likes of Antonio Rudiger. We don't know how good a negotiator Todd Bowley is going to be in terms of getting signings over the line, although it looks like Raheem Sterling, for one, uh, will be heading to Stamford Bridge. Tottenham have signed a lot of players, but how do they gel? Um, same with Arsenal, and I'm still not completely sold on Mikel Arteta. Trust the process and all of that. I don't see him as an elite-level manager. I think United have got a proper leader now uh, in Eric Ten Hag, a proper coach. I think the appointment of Steve McLaren could be a bit of a masterstroke because he knows the English league, but he also knows how Ten Hag wants to operate. I think they can finish in the top four, and your next question will be at the expense of who. That's the million-dollar question because it is really a four-way fight for those last two places because I still think Liverpool and Man City will scrap it out for the title. And then it's between Chelsea, Tottenham, Manchester United and Arsenal to get those final two Champions League places. All right. So that's looking forward to the season. I want to quickly go on some of the transfers that we nearly somewhat competed. I feel like, is it the Frankie de Jong deal? What is taking so long with it? Is it, I've heard some some people say it's a representation. It's the, um, the add-ons. What do you know about the Frankie de Jong deal and when, when should we see it? I think it's more the makeup of the deal with uh, Barcelona. Uh, they've got a verbal agreement of a £56 million upfront fee, which I think will be paid um, in instalments. They've been haggling over the add-ons, which will uh, take it nearer uh, to Barcelona's valuation for the player. I know when he came out after playing for the Netherlands and saying he was already at his dream club, Manchester United fans took that as uh, De Jong saying he didn't really want to leave Barcelona. That's probably the case. I think in an ideal world, he would like to stay uh, at the new camp, but it's been made clear to him now that more out of necessity uh, financially than anything else, Barcelona do need to part company uh, with him. And he is open to reuniting with Ten Hag. I think he'll probably end up taking a bit of a pay cut on what he's earning at Barcelona to come to Manchester United. So that will be uh, a leap of faith and a, and a sign of commitment. But, uh, but what I would say, the other narrative around this deal is that Barcelona are shipping out the Yong because he hasn't done particularly well there. I don't believe that is the case. I think it's because they want to raise money uh, to make signings of their own, like Rafinha uh, from Leeds, who they're still very keen on. Uh, they haven't even been able to register uh, one of their summer signings, Andreas Christensen, because of their financial uh, limitations. They've got a couple of young players we know about who've come through in midfield. So it's reluctantly that Barcelona are parting company with De Jong. I think it'll be an excellent signing. And what do you think De Jong can bring to May United's midfield? Energy, um, tactical awareness, eye for a pass, Everything they've been missing, really. That that has been the big problem area for Manchester United for some time. I think Fred and McTominay in isolation have their merits. I don't like them uh, as a partnership. You look at the players they've let go. They are short on numbers. And that's why, back to your point about where does Christian Eriksen fit in, I think he's better than what they've got. And I don't think you can have enough quality players um, competing for places, especially when you consider they are in European competitions, it's a World Cup year, so that's going to put extra demands on the players during the winter. And the key thing that a lot of people seem to have forgotten about is that in the Premier League this season, you're going to be allowed to bring on five substitutes. Therefore, you need a stronger bench and a stronger squad as possible. 
So, and also going on to Tyrone Malassia. Now, is it him and Luke Shaw fighting for that left-back role? Or is it just, or do you feel like because Ten Hag knows Malassia more, do you feel like Malassia has that edge over Luke Shaw in a sense? Or do you feel like pre-season they're both going to fight out for that starting left-back role? I think they're hoping it'll give Luke Shaw a kick up the backside, um, to be honest, because... A couple of seasons ago, on you know, going into the European Championships, he had a fantastic year for United, kept that going for England. Last season, it was back to the Luke Shaw of old. For me, he looked a bit sluggish, dare I say it, a little bit unfit at times. Um, there is a player there, but he just needs to produce it on a consistent basis. I think Malasia is probably assigning more with an eye on the future. But again, in the Europa League, in the League Cup... You, you're going to need to rotate your squad and you're going to need players coming off the bench. I think it's more worrying for somebody like Alex Tellez. I think Ten Hag has, has made a decision there. I think Tellez probably will be allowed to move on. Mm. So out of people like Tellez, do we know or is there any inkling of how many people we know that want to leave? I know the likes of Arouan Basaka, Alex Tellez wants to go. Do you, do you see people like Martial leaving or that just depends on who will pay his wages and who will sign him? I think there's more chance of me getting a summer move than Anthony Martial, to be honest. Um, you look at his stats over the last two years as a United player, eight goals in two seasons combined. Poor loan spell in Spain last season didn't work out for him. Big money, £240,000, £250,000 a week. Still got two years left on his contract after they made that ridiculous decision uh, to extend it. As far as I know, United haven't had a single inquiry for Anthony Martial. Does Ten Hag find a way to to get him back into the team? I think he'd be third choice for that centre-forward spot, probably behind uh, Ronaldo um, and Marcus Rashford. Uh, in terms of other players who they could move on, as I mentioned, Wamba Saka is, is fighting hard to make sure that he's not part of the, the exodus. I think Eric Bailly probably will leave and, and United are willing to cut ties with him, not because he's a bad player, but because he's got such a poor uh, injury record and he, he can be erratic at times as well. I think Phil Jones needs to go, but he's needed to go um, for a number of seasons. Obviously, Dean Henderson is on his way um, to Nottingham Forest. So there'll be a new goalkeeper coming in. The Romero link makes a lot of sense, actually, because he has that relationship with David De Gea. Obviously, it didn't end well uh, United when they blocked him going to Everton. I think his missus uh, took to uh, social media uh, yeah. to, to fight his corner on that one. But crucially, I think his fallout was with Edward Wood and to a lesser extent, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They both left the club. So I think Romero is open to a return. They've held talks with Watford over Daniel Batman, but they're going to have to pay a fee for him. They wouldn't for Romero. So I, I can see that one happening. Mm. So how many signings do you see roughly this season? I know it's, it's such a... If, but if you could put a number on it, how many people do you see coming into Old Trafford? This well, I think they'll sign De Jong. I think they'll sign Malasia. I'm hopeful they'll sign Martinez. I was told yesterday that Christian Eriksen, as I say, is, is leaning towards United. So that would be four... They're still looking for a forward. They're probably still looking for a fullback. I can see six coming in. I mean, obviously, when he took the job, again, there were people on Talk Sports saying, well, they need 15 players. They might do, but that's never going to happen in one summer window. And you're not going to be able to clear out that volume of players either because people like Martial are protected by big contracts. I think if they can get half a dozen new first-team regulars through the door, I think that would be a good window. Mm. So let's say let's say your wish comes true, half a dozen first-team people you still think top four because I'm I, I want to believe I really do want to believe but I just don't see it happening unless we get that DM in a sense I feel like that DM is such a key figure I don't think we've replaced Carrick since he no. left in what 2016 2017 so if Lissandro Martinez does play there is Lissandro Martinez the right DM for Ten Hag system will he work with Frankie Viong or do you just feel like it's just filling a void um I think it's too early to judge that to be honest, I, I think 
I think by bringing in players that he knows, I think it will be a more smoother transition to the, the style of play that he wants to implement. We haven't mentioned Donny van der Beek, um, who obviously came into some fanfare, hasn't done well at all in English football. Let's be honest, not just at Manchester United. He barely made a mark at Everton last season either. But again, he's a player that Ten Hag knows. That partnership between de Jong um, and van der Beek was very impressive when they were together at Ajax. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, they try and pair those two um, in midfield. I'd love Declan Rice, as I've mentioned. I would have liked Eve Basuma. Um, I think they maybe missed a trick there by letting him go for Tottenham for such a, a paltry amount of money. But the problem that Manchester United have got is they're not a Champions League club and players want to play in that competition. They haven't got the allure of Sir Alex Ferguson and because of the mismanagement behind the scenes, and that does seep into dressing rooms. Players on international duty will talk about what goes on at their respective clubs. People know, players know that Manchester United for the past few seasons have been a bit of a mess behind the scenes. So I think the first job for Ten Hag is almost to improve the PR and show that isn't the case anymore. I actually think this time next summer could be more exciting for United in terms of the calibre of players they can recruit. If we made the Champions, if we made the Champions if, League, of course. Indeed. Let's, um, but, let's, let's just win the Europa League and then we yeah, don't have to thing. worry about the top four. As long as we focus on the Europa League and forget about the top four, I feel like we'll be fine. Um, in regards to the dressing room, I know there were some stories apparently of like Ronaldo and Maguire having splits over the captaincy. Is there any news into that? Or was that just, do you feel like that's just a leak or was there, is there anything into that? I think it was a little bit of a little bit of uh, exaggeration by some of the, the newspapers. I, I don't know who's going to start the season as Manchester United captain. Um, I don't think Harry Maguire has been a, a great wearer of the armband. But again, if you're talking about trying to restore confidence, does it really do that if you take the armband away from him? I think Ronaldo is a leader um, without needing the armband. I know he can be seen as sulky and stroppy at times, you know, not, not applauding the, the away fans when they lose a game. I don't agree with that, but I think he leads by example. Same with David De Gea. Those two, probably the only two United players who came out last season with, with any great credit. Again, I don't think they necessarily need to wear the armband. What I don't like is this idea that was mooted. Arsenal tried it um, in terms of letting the players decide who they want to be captain. I think straight away that undermines the authority of the manager. I would be surprised if Ten Hag went down that route, knowing knowing what a sort of um, uh, leader he, he wants to be. I just don't see him delegating that decision out. Mm. And um, is there any talks into Andreas Pereira's move? I know that is a player we totally forgot about, but he could be leading to. Is it towards um, Fulham or apparently he might go back to Brazil? Is there any news into that at all? I think Brazil is his favourite destination. United have obviously agreed a fee with Fulham. I think he's been offered to Crystal Palace um, as well. I'm not sure how advanced it got with them, but it's pretty clear that he's a player that Manchester United believe they can uh, raise a few quid from selling. Clearly doesn't feature as part of their long-term plan. So I think he will um, move on. I guess the issue is, can Flamengo, where he was on loan, match the the uh, kind of sums that Fulham are willing to pay? Probably not. So there might need to be a bit of a compromise there in order to shift him from the wage bill. And um, going on to, uh, you said Marcus Rashford might be moved into the central role. Now I'm thinking from working, from watching Marcus Rashford, I feel like his best position is on the left wing. And I remember seeing a report saying that he his preferred position will be on the left wing. Do you feel like, is that just to accommodate for, let's say, if we just get that right winger, we don't buy that backup striker in a sense? Is that just to accommodate for that role until we get a backup striker? Because the striker market isn't great at the moment. Or do you feel like Ten Hag, or what are your sources, said that he might try to turn him into that number nine that may United do desperately need? 
Yeah, I think it's more out of necessity because they missed out on, on Darwin Nunez, although I don't think they were ever uh, as advanced for him as maybe uh, Portuguese media were, were portraying. But but you're right, there is a, a dearth of options in terms of a number nine. If you look at Chelsea, they've let Lukaku go. Um, they're going to bring in Raheem Sterling, who isn't your, your archetypal centre-forward. Obviously, Lewandowski has got his heart set on a move to Barcelona. Um, he is probably the best number nine on the planet. But outside of that, there aren't many available this window. So I think that they need a backup option to Ronaldo. They know that his age, he can't play uh, week in, week out, particularly in the, in the Europa League. I, I doubt we'll see him much in the group stage of that competition. And you mentioned the left-hand side. I probably agree with you. I think he's played his best football rush for coming in from the left um, onto his right foot. But that's where Jaden Sancho wants to play. So I think Rashford's best chance of getting back into the team, getting his career back on track, is to play up front. Mm. And uh, last but not least, if there's one youngster you're looking forward to, so the likes of like Ahmad Fakundo Palestri or Alejandro Ganacho, who are you looking forward to in pre-season and why? I think probably Ganacho um, excites me, um, having seen a lot of uh, video clips of him um, on YouTube. And I think he seems to be a, a player that Eric Ten Hag already is embracing. I know James Garner did very well at Nottingham Forest last season. A lot of United fans excited by him. I've not really seen enough of him to, to make a judgment, but it would be great to see him given the opportunity in pre-season to stake his claim um, for a first-team place. So I, I think, again, that will be part of Ten Hag's remit. I think he's got three jobs, really. Uh, one is to improve the squad. Two is to get the better out of underperforming players, the like of which we mentioned, Rashford, Sancho, uh, Maguire, the list goes on. And three, uh, to really bring through the youth, which is the United way, after all. He did it so well at Ajax. Mm. All right. Alex, thank you so much. Normally, I let uh, all our guests shout out anything they're doing. So where can people find you and stuff like that? Oh, on TalkSport most days, uh, daily transfer roundup with uh, White and Jordan uh, taking charge of the boot room in the absence of Darren Bent on a Sunday night for the next uh, three weeks from five o'clock till eight. And I've referred to it twice already, but the transfer notebook uh, every uh, Thursday or Friday on the TalkSport website, hopefully uh, giving you uh, some little nuggets of information that aren't already out there. Brilliant. And uh, thank you so much for watching or listening to another episode of the Carrington Podcast. You already know the socials by now. You can follow us at the zone LDN on Twitter at the zone underscore LDN on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Until next time, people.
don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky no more. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my soul. Somewhere my heart turned cold. Have mercy on many men. Many, 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 many men. This death sunny days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain. Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. Death gotta be easy, cause life is hard. It'll leave you physically, mentally, and emotionally scarred. This is for my niggas on the block, doing some treatments to God.